0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: We're drafting simultaneous Pomeranian drafts on Roto Radio. What's up, Roto Welcome into Rotoviz Radio. We are getting crazy here to the point that I stumbled through the intro, Curtis, and that's because (laughs) we are going to simultaneously draft two squads in the Pomeranian on underdog, the Pomeranian 3. For those of you that uh, do not listen every week and wanted to check out this madness, I am Dave Cabin. Alongside Curtis Patrick, we are two of the owners at Rotovis where things are absolutely in full swing, so we're celebrating it by getting crazy here.
2: Yeah, man, this is great. Uh, Of course, we've been hammering all the great uh, options for tournaments at Underdog Fantasy this offseason and FFPC as well. Tonight's an underdog night. Uh, You may have been watching, Calm. Uh, Comp Kelly and Zach Kruger on our best ball show every week. But Dave and I are going to throw our hats in the ring here. Pomeranian three opened up. I think today it's already got almost 23,000 entrants, Dave. Uh, So we're going to have to, I mean, I'm working hard to make sure that I max out the 15 entries, despite the other 70 or 80 that are in my uh, underdog fantasy queue right now. And I know you're going to want to max it out too. So we're going to, we're at least going to get two in here. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. Let's just see how efficient we can be uh, knocking a couple of these things out. And please let me know if you can see everything okay. I think, I think that's going to be an okay size yes, for yep. uh, people to follow along. Okay. Well, let's enter this first one.
1: So can I, can I just say one thing here? Uh, we can yeah, do your thing, man. Your uh, like whole broadcast window is up. but oh, you probably are operating on one screen. So we're going to have to have that up, huh?
2: It's just, we're just going to have to do it. Okay. Um, let me, but I can probably make things smaller here. Hold on. That's all right. Let's, let's, let's go even. Is that better?
1: Yeah, that's a little better. Yep. So for those of you at home listening to the podcast, uh, this is an episode where we will admit would probably be better if you were watching
2: uh, <laughs> than listening. <laughs> only listenable. It's only listenable if you're, if you're watching. If you're, yes. Uh, yeah.
1: But the replay okay, will Dave. be available. Yep. Right, Davis is a little
2: nuts, man. We, we, we drew 10 and 12, so we're going to be on, we're going to be on top of each other here a, a little bit, um, okay. but it's okay. So, you know, Sean Siegel posted uh, an article within the last week about, you know, bailing yourself out of, of a late uh, draft position and that, that it actually may uh, be helpful in some circumstances. Now, just a reminder, you know, with, with underdog uh, and the Pomeranian three being no different, you know, we're in, we're in half PPR. And we've got no tight end premium. So vastly different uh, from the FFPC uh, requirements here. And then also, you know, we do have the start three wide receiver requirements. So being at the end of the draft, you know, potentially starting with a wide receiver plus a tight end, you know, double tapping elite wide receiver. If, if a couple were to fall there, um, those, you know, certainly put us onto some structural based plays, you know, or we could go for an anchor RB build. And we're off and running, man. Uh these things are live. We're 101 in one draft and we're already at 104 in the other. So um, we'll see which one we'll see which one uh, goes OTC uh, first here. Dave's probably gonna be about two minutes. Any thoughts drafting from the end of the first round here? Uh,
1: I actually have gotten you well, I normally like drafting at the end and I kind of have gotten accustomed to it. I think lots of times what you are able to do is Somehow. <laughs> What's so funny, Curtis? 1-5 uh,
2: in, in, in the draft that we picked 12th in. The 1-5 team name is Enormous PP. Okay. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it just, it just, on a Monday, that's catching me funny. So uh, we'll see here.
1: Yep. Uh, anyway... What I was going to say was that sometimes you get lucky one of those running backs can kind of drop late, like a Derrick Henry or Najee Harris, somebody of that kind. You can sandwich them together with one of these really solid wide receivers, or you can find yourself having the opportunity to get like a Mike Williams and a Michael Pittman together, uh, have some upside built in that way. So I definitely don't mind it. Or you could go the Travis Kelsey route, right, Uh, get him in there with another player to kind of. Have that tight end position first.
2: Okay, got I got to cut you off. We got thirty seconds. Uh, we're on the clock at one ten in the first draft. Um, it's either Travis Kelsey or Devonte Adams. You take your pick. Devonte Adams. Okay, we're gonna go Devonte in that one. Let me flip over instead of sharing uh, yep. both windows. I'm gonna try to be efficient and uh, keep hopping back and forth. Um, okay, we're on the clock in the one twelve now. Um, we've got devonte adams, joe mixon, cd lamb, uh deandre swift. Let's do cd. Um, let's do cd here. Okay. All right, and we're up again at the 2-1 cuz that's how it works. Um we want to go wide receiver, wide receiver, uh or do you want to mix, in...
1: mix in? Mix Saquon. Okay.
2: Okay. You know, Sean mentioned uh Saquon is having, you know, kind of that elite uh league winning upside versus some of the other backs available in this area, uh, in that article. Um, and so, you know, I don't mind that at all. I've actually not been Saquon of, of late. Um, okay. We're one pick away. Now we're on the clock at two, three. This is the draft that we started with Devonte Adams. We've got Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, Deandre Swift, Debo Samuel. I'm thinking Debo. Okay, the wide receiver, wide receiver start. I don't mind it at all. So in that draft, you know, I'm kind of thinking, you know, you know, looking at the pick 34. um, If we look at the underdog ADP and the applet, you know, that's going to put us in the range of potentially getting DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton for that three wide receiver start in that build. And we could um, follow in round four with either uh, a fourth wide receiver. that can rotate into the flex and cover our buys or, You know, we could opt for Brees Hall, Travis Etienne there, um, and try to get some of that uh, running back youth in. And then, you know, there's always a chance that, and I don't know if it'll happen based off how he's playing tonight, but there's a chance that Kyle Pitts might be available to us um, late in round three there too, uh, which would be pretty exciting.
1: Yes, it definitely would. Now, one of the interesting things, Curtis, to me this summer has been how in these different contests, ADP has tended to be a little bit different between the contests. we're still seeing things settle out uh that said the players at the top kind of have been pretty similar so i guess one question that i'm just going to float out while we wait to pick is do you have any tricks as to how you differentiate your squads and you just keep drafting the same teams over and over um
2: no i i mean i think i i'm playing such high volume i mean i'm i'm Closing in on 400 teams uh, this off season now. I'm playing so much volume that I think draft slot is providing me with the variance that I'm seeking. But sure. you know, for some for somebody who's playing, you know, a more traditional you know amount of volume. Let's say, you know, ev- even for uh, I think a a first time best ball degenerate, you know, ten drafts or you know less than fifty. Let's say. Um, You know, I think it makes sense to kind of have that core. You know, people who have played DFS for years, you know, you kind of have that that core that you're building around and then you're getting in every possible iteration of of, uh, you know, potential upside players. It's kind of the same idea here. You know, there's there's two or three players that I'm pretty excited about in each round. And if I can get one of them, I'm not afraid to take them, even if it leaves me pretty exposed. Case in point, we've talked about on the podcast uh, a couple of times in the last week, you know, I've got 30 percent Alan Lazard. You know, I've got over 20% Kyle Pitts. Um, you, know, you, and, you know, I've got over 20% Tyreek Hill. You get some of those situations where, you, you know, you're on a player so much versus ADP that, you know, you just tend to continue to have them on, on a lot of squads. So it doesn't scare me. Um, but again, I think volume is also saving me from, from ridiculous exposures of, you know, 50% plus.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, and like you said, some of that kind of inherently happens because you're getting different spots. In each draft, and that will impact how you're able to put your team together. So right now you're dropping into our queue on the team that has Adams and Samuel. We've started off with the two wide receivers. So you have Pitts, uh, DJ Moore, Travis Etienne, Marquise Brown, Gabe Davis, and Brees Hall. I personally hear um well, one of those names just popped, just popped away there. I, yeah. I think oh, go ahead, Curtis.
2: These, these drafts, by the way, you'll see when I flip to the other window, they're going way different. Okay. Uh, the players available to us at the end of round three are going to be vastly different. It's pretty interesting. So it yep. uh, does look like this one will be the first. We're, we're up next. Man, if Pitts falls here, he's my pick. Oh, okay. he goes 3-9. Yep. Okay. Um. So we've got Etienne, Marquise Brown, Gabe Davis, and Brees Hall. Um, I like both of these young backs enough that I wouldn't mind getting one of them to go with our two wide receivers. Okay. Do you have a preference between ETN or, or Brees here?
1: I say let's go Brees, let's swing for the fences.
2: Okay, let's flip over to the other window. We are gonna be on the clock uh, immediately. Okay, we are, we are on the clock. We have the exact same four guys in the queue, it ends up. Uh, okay, so this was the, the build where so we th- started with Saquon and CD. Yep. So, do you want 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 Brees again, or we want to go a different direction? No, I'd like to go, to go, wide go a different receiver?
1: direction. I'd like to go back to wide receiver. I actually think that I'm inclined to say Gabe Davis here over Marquise Brown.
2: Okay, let's go. I think, in, and then and we get to we get to double tap there. Yeah. Uh, so, you want to go Hollywood or or Brees in round four? I, I want to go Hollywood. I think. Yeah, me too. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Sean just wrote an article, um, th- that I really enjoyed, uh, talking about how to like rescue uh, a draft when you do everything wrong. And he actually started that draft with a two, two positional exposure between uh, running back and wide receiver. And so, you know, we really, you know, there are ways to bail yourself out as you can find um, through some of our best ball uh, research tools, but it's pretty hard um, versus, you know, being at one and three or having that elite tight end in there. So we're back over Dave to the, the team uh, where we're picking from the 10th position. We started Devante, Debo, and Brees Hall, and we have Etn and and Gabe Davis there. It looks like we're going to have another share of Gabe Davis, I think.
1: Yeah, I think, I think so, definitely. I think at this point, given the fact that we already have the running back in there uh, and that we're able to get Davis as the fourth player on our team, I think that's definitely how I would make that decision there. Now, one of the things that you talked about is how you use the tools to recover when you've gotten off to a bad start. Now, some of this comes down to the idea that there are certain points in the draft where you take certain positions And the number of players you take at these positions are going to impact what your win rates can look like. These are things that are very hard to get your head around until you actually go into the tools and play with them. But if you started off with a running back in round one, a running back in round three, you can enter that information into the roster construction explorers, look at some of the other parameters you could play with and see how you might be able to recover on that win rate.
2: Dave, we've actually got a comment coming in here through uh, YouTube. There are 278 teams in the final week, so it's about the build the best correlations and stacks for Week 17 to win the tournament. Of course, you need a team to come through the weeks. Yeah, and this has been a big topic uh, in the best ball tournaments versus, you know, just playing a lot of different leagues. Um, and so I you know, appreciate this question coming in. Uh, for, for me, if we have the opportunity to stack without uh, forcing it, you know, certainly want to uh, explore that. And, and I am, you know, looking for ceiling with all of these players. And, you know, of course, I think when we can break ties by selecting players in elite offenses versus teams with weaker quarterbacks, um, you know, et cetera, I think all that comes into play. But I'm not going to be hell-bent on trying to, you know, uh, stack, you know, three deep or four deep uh, in a single offense or even worry about those, those uh, Week 17 matchups. You know, a lot can happen, and defenses and offenses can get pushed off, injuries occur, And, you know, there's always surprise teams that, you know, you're not necessarily ready for. So I'm not trying to engineer something off of week 17. Uh, I want to build the best team that I can. And those good players that get us into the playoffs are also going to help us win in the final week.
1: Yeah, I kind of think it's a fool's errand to try and, and base everything off of that week 17. Look at how difficult it is to accurately project that those 17 games leading up to there with projections that people do every year. Uh, So that can definitely lead you astray. I like what you said about when they fall into place naturally, that's when you do it. And I do think as you're building out your teams, you want to make sure that you're getting exposed to a lot of different types of stacks, but basing everything around week 17, I don't think is the way that you're going to be doing this, Uh, especially if you're playing high volume. Some people might disagree with me, but I'm not sure that that's the way I would contextually look at it.
2: All right, so let's get back uh, to our drafts here. We have we are six picks away, and we are six picks away in the draft where we're selecting from the 12th position. So let's build our queue. Uh, this is the squad where we started Saquon, CD, well, C.D., Saquon, uh, Gabe Davis, Marquise Brown. Um, I think Kittle, to give us that last uh, potential elite tight end, makes some sense. Yep. Uh, Amon Ray, St. Brown, uh, Darnell Mooney, uh, A.J. Dillon, um, Elijah Moore, Trey Lance. We got, we're got. we going to have a, a double tap there at the turn, so I like getting Ayuk and Lazard in there. Anybody else that is showing up in the list here that you would want in our queue?
1: Um, at this point, I think the only other player I might toss into there would be Jalen Hurts. Um, yep. yep. Given the Good research eye. that we've looked at this year and, and the different configurations i played around with, in the tools, I do place a lot of emphasis on getting a solid, solid passer early on. We can see that, you know, that is something that does boost win rates, contrary to what you might intuitively think. So we're going to be up in the one pick. At this point, Curtis, I I actually would would be kind of interested in one of those passers, especially since we have the double tap here. I'm thinking go with a passer, and then I'll let you kind of give me your thoughts on the other position.
2: Oh man, we're gonna be up simultaneously in the two drafts. So okay, we're on the clock in this one. Um Jalen Hurts went. We ha- so you want to take Trey Lance with one of those picks? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, and we're gonna be on the Should clock we stack simultaneously him in these two. Um yeah, I don't actually don't mind that. Yeah, let's, let's just do that. do that and get it out of the way. Easy the other draft, the other draft we're on the clock. I do not have time to switch over. Yep. uh Chris Godwin or AJ Dillon?
1: Uh, go AJ Dylan.
2: Okay. I like that with Brees Hall um, in, in that one. So let's, let's review the teams um, after this six, o three pick comes off the board. Let me switch over um, to that draft here. Yep. And we'll review both teams and, and think about what's going to be available uh, in these slots and rounds 7 through 10 and kind of reverse engineer our strategy. Okay, so this is the squad. We've, we've now got a 2-3 build through, uh, through five rounds. Um, at running back, we've got Brees Hall and A.J. Dillon. And at wide receiver, we've got Devontae Adams, Debo Samuel, Gabriel Davis. I'm really hoping Chris Godwin falls to us here. He does. Um, if you're okay waiting... Definitely. Oh, go ahead. Let, yeah, let's go, let's go Godwin. And then um, that's a natural segue into uh, the next steps here. So one thing that we find in best ball... Uh, that's very effective is to draft two quarterbacks, you know, within the window, yep. uh, is what you know essentially we're we're referring to, and um, you know, for us, for Dave and I, we've kind of stated that that window probably ends at Aaron Rodgers or maybe at Kirk Cousins. Um, for us, everyone's going to define that window a little bit differently. Um, some say it stops before that, and some extend it down to include Justin Fields and and Trevor Lawrence, but. Um, everyone kind of agrees that there is that kind of cliff that, that falls to where you feel like you've got to take three quarterbacks. So on this squad, we don't have a quarterback yet and we're not going to have an opportunity to select one until the seventh round. Um, we're going to be talking about adding some quarterbacks into this queue and try to pull that off. It's going to look like these guys uh, trying to get two of them before they're all gone. And we'll end it with, we'll end it with cousins here.
1: Yeah. And when he's, Uh, when he's saying these guys, it's, it's Trey Lance, Joe Burrow, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Prescott, Stafford, Carr, Rogers, cousins.
2: So just kind of looking at these guys, you know, having Chris Godwin, you know, and this goes back to the question that was asked in the YouTube chat, uh, with Chris Godwin already on the squad, you know, Tom Brady is of particular interest. You know, he has a lot more fantasy upside than uh, Derek Carr does, even though Carr would also represent a stack with, with Devonte Adams in this case. So um, Brady's of particular interest to me when we get into that uh, seven-eight turn on on this squad. Um, we also do not have tight end yet on this squad um, or the other squad. So you know, normally we're on elite tight end. It did not fall to us that way on either of these squads. Uh, you know, so we're going to get a couple of these guys at this position loaded in here uh, that we like just so we don't forget, uh, to build it out. And then, you know, from a wide receiver perspective, you know, we know that we're going to want to have five wide receivers by round 10. Um, that's what we really try to adhere to. And, you know, well, luckily we've already got four of those. And so I'm just going to, I'm going to put a mix of volume and upside into the queue. And then, you know, we'll, we'll pull from that. So when you Um, say
1: you're putting a mix of, of upside and volume into the queue, can you break down how you're doing that?
2: Yeah, so uh, looking for some uncertain uh, wide receiver rooms and then also some offenses where we, we can uh, infer that there will be volume available. So Kadarius Toney is an upside volume play because the New York uh, Giants wide receiver core is highly unsettled, and then you know, he goes. But I also had Christian Kirk, Hunter Renfro, and Robert Woods there. I'm going to have to flip over to the other draft yep. now, though, Dave, yep. because we're going to be on the clock. So here we go. This is going to be rapid fire again. Uh, so we're going to be on the clock at seven twelve. 12 uh, Again, um, we already have Trey Lance on this squad. We still want to do two quarterbacks in the window. We have the option of Tom Brady on this team. We also see uh, Tony Pollard and Clyde edwards E'Laire. I'm interested in one of those to go with Saquon as our RB2. Um, do you have a preference between Pollard and, and CEH here? I'm saying CEH. Okay, let's go there. And then we get to stack that up. Oh, we're on the clock in the other one too. Oh boy. All right. Uh, so, I'm going to go Tom Brady in that other draft to go with Chris Godwin and buy us a minute. Yep. And again, now we're back on the clock here. Um, do we want to go Brady Pollard?
1: Well, let's see the quarterbacks quickly.
2: Oh, uh, got 12 seconds. Uh, we've just got, yeah. I mean, for me, it's Brady. Go Brady. Yep. We can stack Julio in there later. Uh, if we need to. So, okay, let's flip back to the other window. This is pretty fun. We should have done three drafts. That's what I had proposed.
1: Well, we, I don't know how we <laughs> would possibly been... <laughs> make this work for our uh, podcast listeners. With uh, the three I mean,
2: yeah, I think it's, it would just be fun to watch us scramble. Um, okay. So we're going to be up at eight, three reviewing this squad. Uh, we do have Brady in there now. We still do not have a tight end. Um, So it's going to come down to, you know, do we want to add in, uh, Robert Woods as our, uh, as our wide receiver five will be about a round early versus ADP. We could take Dak Prescott, uh, even though he would be naked here. I, I think I like him the I, best of the remaining quarterbacks. Right. I
0: uh, think that TJ we-
2: Hawkinson is also an option uh, at, at tight end. And then the best, we, we have CEH available in this build too. Yep. But he would be our RB3. And this, this build started weaker uh, with us waiting yeah. for Brees Hall. So I think that's interesting too.
1: I think that we have the most to lose here by not going with a quarterback um, in terms of- Even though we have Brady? Even though we have Brady, I still think, "Eh." yeah, because I think wide receiver is kind of at the point where I'm not that interested. I think that we're getting the most benefit here from going with a quarterback. So I would say either Burrow or Prescott.
2: I'm going to go Prescott. Okay. So we're done at quarterback on this squad, uh, which feels great.
1: Now, one thing I'm sorry to cut you off there, but I will mention is that if there's a position that you have to punt on, The one that I do like punting on the most is tight end. And at the end of the draft, just Mm -hmm. grabbing three scrub tight ends, because what we're seeing is you can actually in a number of builds with the, your your last couple of picks being tight ends, you end up having teams that do okay because you're so strong in other positions. It's a little bit easier to backfill those with three than it is with quarterbacks.
2: So we're going to go ahead and put some of those guys in now uh, before I forget Uh, my favorite guys to target late at the position are Gerald Everett, Hayden Hurst, Evan Ingram, and Austin Hooper. Yes, sir. Um, so I want to I want to make sure that we get you know maybe two of those, two of those four. Yep. Um, and and we'll probably grab that first one in, in round ten or eleven. Uh, the way things will probably.
1: One interesting uh, probably thing go. that has happened with tight end is when the puppies started rolling out. Pat Fryermuth was going around round nine or ADP of nine for tight end. We're now seeing him sometimes 13 or 14, which I think has presented a really interesting opportunity to get in on Friarmouth. Um, As you know, th- I think that a lot of the players that he's going around, you could argue he has more upside than especially heading into this year. So he's a name that I'm watching for now on my boards.
2: All right. I'm just uh, keeping us on track by taking out all of the quarterbacks, uh, from both of these, uh, queues, and I'll share, I'll share screens here in a minute. Um, maybe, maybe share some thoughts on some of your favorite targets and in, in rounds, you know, nine, 10, 11 here, Dave, while I'm doing some of this administrative, uh, cleanup.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, one name that I did see there, uh, you can get around here is Zach Ertz. Now one reason that I like Ertz is he's an easy way to pair somebody that could get a lot of volume with Kyler Murray. So he's a name that I have on my board. I would feel that he could be finishing in the same spot as a couple of the players that go around him in tight end ADP, but maybe a round or two prior. So that's a name that I'm definitely paying attention to. Um, Other players that you might see in the round nine and 10 stretch. um, I'm trying to recall specifically off the top of my head here, Curtis, so I might have to read off. Round 12 players, oh, or can you pull oh, that's that up okay. for me?
2: I, I, I can share some of that. Uh, you know, For me, in those rounds at wide receiver, the guys that I've been on lately have been Chase Claypool, Julio Jones, and Garrett Wilson. Uh, those are the three uh, wide receivers that I really like there, uh, particularly in round 10. Um, at tight end, if we were going to go that direction, you know, you're really talking uh, Ertz and Cole Kmet, uh, and then at running back in this range, it is an, it is kind of that next value range. Uh, of late, I've seen Rashad Penny falling into that area uh, a little bit more often. But you have your choice of Buffalo Bills running backs and Singletary and Cook, who I do both do, uh, think will provide some value this year. Melvin Gordon has continued to slide. Uh, Cordero Patterson, and then and then our favorite uh, uh, shared favorite there, Dave, is Daryl Henderson. Um, so these are you know all players that I think would would fit both of these builds uh, for sure. I'm trying to see. Okay, we're going to be on the clock at 9:12 for the double tap. So let's get back over to that draft. And, man, these things are both humming. Okay, we're on the clock. Uh, this is the squad with no tight end yet. Uh, we could go Ertz with one of these picks uh, since you mentioned him. Yep. Um, and then I think the other one that I like here is Julio for our, ten, our fifth wide receiver by round 10 and pairing him with Brady. Uh, I like that a lot if you're on board.
1: Yeah, I, I am on board with that. And okay, I, I so think... Oh, go ahead, Curtis.
2: We got to go back over to the yeah. other one. Hold on just a second. Uh,
1: as you can see, right, you do side. enough of these these underdog drafts here. Rapid succession. You're not yes. going to get cut off guard in your, in your draft.
2: Okay, 16 seconds. Um, we need the tight end here as well. We can go Ertz. Uh, best available at other positions. We've got Singletary, Walker, Melvin, Gordon. Five seconds.
1: Uh, make it easy. Go Dawson Knox. Oh, boy. Did or I get or it whoever, off? whoever, whoever, whoever. Oh, I got it. With Woo! one second. Okay. That was close.
2: Oh, boy. I just right. wanted to so switch now, it up a little bit there. <laughs> thanks for the fair warning. Yep. Um, okay. So, uh, okay. So, we don't have to worry about potent- the potential to double tap tight end here uh, with Ertz. I would like to hit, you know, that, that fifth wide receiver here if possible. Um, we're going to have Julio available to us in this draft as well. And we did take Brady, uh, so we could have that rolling through as a a theme. You know, I think about the, the stacking, um, for the final week as well. You know, on this squad, we would actually have Brady Godwin and Julio, uh, if we went that direction, if you want to veer for a rookie, uh, we could also hit Garrett Wilson or George Pickens. If you want to go that direction, uh, I'd, I'd support any of it.
1: Yeah. I actually find the, uh, the George Pickens, Pick here just to be so interesting, um, given what it looks like. The upside could be there. Also, you know, I'm I'm interested in getting one of those younger wide receivers on to this squad. Uh, However, though, running back with Hall and Dylan.
2: Eight seconds. Eight seconds. Oh,
1: sorry. I didn't realize we were even on right there. Uh, Go Pickens.
2: I took Pickens. All right. Nice. I took Pickens. All right. Donovan says "light mode, oh boy. Yeah, I well that. Donovan, you're going to have to deal with it uh, <laughs> because I do all of my underdog drafting from my phone uh, never on, never on the Mac, um, and so I've never even gone uh, through the steps of, of switching it. Well
1: it, all you do is hit the little: There we light go thing there.: There yeah, we yeah, there go.
2: Is. is that more comfortable?
1: I, I would actually say uh, for, for the viewers. For, for viewing purposes, <laughs> I think that light mode is, is better right now.
2: Well, Dave nah, says it, Donovan doesn't know what he's talking about.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean, I didn't use those words, but all right. Um, basically, did. Yep. All right. For let's rein this back in for the uh, our fantastic listeners that are only getting audio here, Curtis.
2: Okay, so uh, we were drafting two squads. Uh, the one that we started in the tenth position, um, we have a two-two-five-one build. We actually have a two-two-five-one build. In, in both of these drafts through uh, 10 rounds. So we are light on, on running back, but, but we, like, uh, we like the stacks we've got. Uh, from the team from the 110, we've got uh, Tom Brady and Dak Prescott, two quarterbacks in the window. We're done in that position. We've got Brees Hall and A.J. Dillon at uh, running back. No double ups on the bye weeks there. Uh, so if we're going to wait, it's nice to have kind of the elite options on the squad, uh, complementing each other from a bye week perspective. Really like this wide receiver room. Uh, we double tapped uh, that position early in the first and second round with Devontae Adams and Debo Samuel, followed it up with Gabe Davis, Chris Godwin, who I think is one of the best values in fantasy right now, um, and then George Pickens, and we have Dawson Knox as a you know a, a touchdown upside play. This smells like a squad, where we're going to have three tight ends, so I really don't mind that. When we flip over to uh, the other squad, and i uh, got to follow along with uh, this for the YouTubers as well, Switch this over. So this was the squad where we're drafting from the twelfth position. Uh, again, two quarterbacks in the window: Trey Lance and Tom Brady. Done the position a little bit earlier on the running back position on this uh, squad was Saquon Barkley, and then we took a swing on C.E.H. Uh, here with the uncertainty in Kansas City. You know, it is still you know certainly possible that you know he is the he got a firm grasp on the committee there. C.D. Lamb, Gabe Davis, Marquise Brown, Brandon Ayuk, and Julio Jones. Uh, So no rookie wide receivers on this team, but Gabe Davis is kind of that breakout uh, candidate with the other four wide receivers being a little bit more entrenched. And then Zach Ertz with a a little bit more tight end upside, probably than Dawson Knox. We are going to be on the clock here, Dave uh, and one more pick. So Pat Friermuth, who you talked about a little bit earlier is available to us. Um, Going by uh, ADP, you know we've got Rashad White, who would be a different way to play the Tom Brady stack on this squad. Also, Naheem Hines and Kenneth Gainwell, I think, would interest me at running back. Uh, wide receiver, I think it would be a little early to go there based off of who's available. Yep.
1: I'm so actually, I think we, oh, go think we
2: take uh, Fryermuth with one. Yep. And then you want to take the other?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I actually think that I'd be interested here in getting Rashad White with the other. Okay. Interesting way to play on that Brady stack, as you mentioned. Also, getting another young player in here that carries some upside on Mm -hmm. to the squad. And now I think that we're effectively done now, at least for a while at tight end. As far as running back goes, I think that uh, now the question is, do we pivot back to wide receiver, round that out before we come back to running back? Are there any names that are pretty attractive here? in the next couple of picks. Obviously there's Daryl Henderson, who I've been a big fan of. I know that you like as well. And you had mentioned Kenny Gainwell.
2: Yeah, um, yeah we're actually onto the other team oh, okay. um, at this point because we're going to be on the clock, uh, but we'll, we'll kind of go through reverse engineering the next couple of rounds. We did have a question come in um, here from Chad. Uh, appreciate that, Chad. Any Panthers late round targets with the Brady-Godwin stack? Again, I'm not going to force it. I, th- I think it's very possible the Panthers are just bad um, and you know, maybe final round Robbie Anderson, if he, if he falls, you know, I think also, uh, you know, Rashard Higgins is kind of interesting with, with Baker Mayfield there, but you know, I'm not going to force taking an inferior player, uh, just for that week 17, um, correlation. I really, uh, I, I think it's a little bit overplayed. Okay. We're on the clock now, Dave, uh, unfortunately, all three of our running back targets go in succession uh, right in front of us there. So um, I don't mind getting Fryermuth here again uh, to stack with Knox. And then we'll have a couple of picks to, to decide our, yeah, I think that, our that, that works for me. So we're going to have uh Devontae Parker, who I have been taking a fair amount of in this range um, of late uh, as a touchdown upside. We, you know, we saw how effective Kendrick Bourne was in the offense last year, but Parker brings the red zone upside and the downfield upside along with a potential, you know, uh, year two leap for Mac Jones, I think uh, is is kind of interesting. We still do only have two running backs on this team. So, you know, the idea uh, of getting somebody else that will get early season touches in particular um, to keep us alive, but also that would have some season-long upside uh, is intriguing. Brian Robinson is the name that comes to mind of the players who are available here. But, you know, we also have James Robinson, who could keep the, the pound it and, and red zone work role for the Jags? And then we've also got uh, the divisive Isaiah uh, Pacheco. So you want to take a pick here at running back?
1: Yeah, I think here I would go um, with Robinson.
2: Which one, James or Brian?
1: Brian, sorry.
2: <laughs> okay, let's go, Brian. All right, there we go. All right, now we got a second to breathe. Uh, we will quickly recap this 110 squad. Brady Prescott at quarterback. We now have added Brian Robinson to A.J. Dillon and Brees Hall. Um, out of the running back position, uh, Devontae Adams, Debo Samuel, Gabe Davis, Chris Godwin, and George Pickens at wide receiver. And then we do have two tight ends, so we can wait a little bit before revisiting that position with Dawson Knox and Pat Fryermuth on the other squad from the 112. Um, Looking a little bit different. I mean, The teams are structured similarly, but just the player exposures are different. Trey Lance, Tom Brady, Saquon Barkley, CEH, Rashad White, C.D. Lamb, Gabe Davis, Marquise Brown, Brandon Ayuk, Julio Jones, and then Zach Ertz with Pat Fryermuth. So a little bit of overlap on each squad, but actually positionally uh, built the exact same at 2-3-5-2 through 12 rounds.
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed.
1: Yes, sir. So um, in the queue currently, what type of players are we dropping in here? And, And sorry, I'm actually having, I'm, I'm, Having trouble here, keeping track with these two here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again,
2: we should have tried to do three teams. it have been nuts. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, I think we still need to add in uh, some, some running back upside. You know, James Robinson and Isaiah Spiller are still available here in the team uh, drafting from the 12th position. Um, a little bit later, you know, we both love Raheem Mostert. I think uh, that's an absolute home run type of play. For this squad, and and I don't mind since we're a little behind the position to actually reach on that play uh, at at all. I really don't mind that. Um, We have at wide receiver, uh, it's drying up a little bit. So I want to talk about the types of players that we would want uh, to target. You know, Jamison Williams is a guy. Oh, we're on the clock. Oh boy. Um, Yeah, we're on the clock here. So by ADP, Isaiah Spiller is like a three round value almost um, here. Uh, Gerald Everett is a player that we liked. So I I also think Gerald Everett followed by Raheem Mostert is pretty interesting.
1: Yeah. Let's let's give that a shot. Okay. Then when we have a minute, I'm going to ask you a question about the chargers backfield.
2: Okay. So, okay. So this team, we're going to, we're going to do the long wait. Uh, we are at two five or two, four, five, three now done at tight end. Really like this grouping of, you know, we waited on the position uh, and address it a little bit later, but Zach Ertz, Pat Fryermuth, Gerald Everett, really like that trio uh, quite a bit, actually. So we can remove the other tight end targets from our queue. And man, I just think that man Raheem Mostert to go with Barkley, C.H. and Rashad White really like that. Uh, really like that play here. Okay, what did you want to get to? So uh, topically,
1: yes. So I, I just wanted to ask about. Chargers backfield with the idea that obviously you have Eckler rolling as the one there behind him. There's this question of Joshua Kelly versus Isaiah Spiller throughout the summer. We've seen Isaiah Spiller have the higher ADP things, you know, we'll have to see how they shake out with that. But do you have any particular thoughts on how you might play that backfield going forward? Um,
2: yeah, I think my latest thought there is that if Eckler goes down, it's probably just going to mean even more for all the pass catching options. You know, I mean, I, you know, there might be a running back that gets flex worthy, but I just don't know that someone would consolidate enough or hang on to enough of Austin Eckler's core role, um, to matter. Okay. Um, We're going to be on the clock here. Let's, we'll, we'll expand upon that a little bit more in a, in a moment. You know, I actually think Raheem Mostert is a nice target for this squad too. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, we're, we're kind of drafting 50% of the same team, but again, that's not too surprising given the late draft uh, position in, in, both of, uh, right. in both of these exercises. I don't think we need to take Mostert in the 13th round because we'll be around early taking him in the yep. 14th. Um, let's see what we've got available at wide receiver. You know, Nico Collins is a, a pretty interesting player. Yeah. Um, that I wouldn't mind mixing in here. Uh, I mean, he helps it's from a bye week perspective. Or um,
1: uh, let's let's go
2: Nico. Yep. Let's let's keep the youth uh, there and and play into maybe Davis Mills um, not being horrible. Um, and then I I think the next pick needs to be Mostert, uh, and we could not chase Gerald Everett. On this uh, team, you know, we'll opt for Hayden Hurst or or Evan Ingram, perhaps uh, the next time we get around uh, sure. to our turn. Okay, so we're starting to veer a little bit. We'll be at two four six two here, uh, whereas on the other uh, on the other build, we're at two at four five three. That'll put us onto some different um, late round uh, players uh, to really create a little bit of difference between the two squads. It'll be nice.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um any late round guys currently that you have been grabbing a lot of? I know for me one of those players had been Amir Abdullah. I'm expecting to start to see that ADP rise up a little bit.
2: Yeah. Uh yeah. Uh, of course, uh Dave's talking about the the Kendrick uh, the Kenyon Drake release um earlier today. Um so yeah, you know, I've been mixing in, you know, super late Jarek McKinnon still. Yep. Um, I've been taking some David Bell uh, for the Browns. Uh, those are the two that come to mind. Let's hop over to our other draft as we're going to be on the clock uh, to double tap. And we'll go through a little bit more of that. We are on the clock here. We have uh, TDP available. Um, you know, we've got AJ Green, Jameson Crowder. Any guys sticking out here with 10 seconds?
1: No, I don't have any strong feelings. So I, I guess, okay. yep.
2: I'm gonna take TDP. Do it, and then we've got a little bit of time. Um, Looking at our structure, we're done at tight end here. I'd really like to go back to the the wide receiver position. Uh, You know, so for me, it would be you know Crowder, AJ Green, or David Bell.
1: Yeah. So let's list off the wide receivers that we have. Ten ten seconds. Uh, Go, David Bell.
2: Okay, so we'll be early, but we'll get him onto the squad. Um, David Bell joins. Uh, this is the team where we didn't have a rookie yet, and we were a little bit more veteran heavy. So, David Bell will be our wide receiver six, joining a, a squad of CD, Gabe Davis, Marquise Brown, Brandon Ayuk, and Julio Jones.
1: Right. So I had, I had been tempted to say Jamison Crowder, but given the group of wide receivers that we have, I want to make sure that we inject some of that youth. It's also looking like it could actually be difficult for Jamison Crowder uh, to deliver us a full season or it's a little bit murky. So I'll take that upside on David Bell.
2: Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, the Browns are going to need uh, at least one secondary uh, receiver to, to go with Amari. I mean, he can't be targeted on every single Um, Route there is. And we know that, um, you know, they just don't unfortunately throw to the the backs very often. You know, David Njoku's getting some preseason hype again this year, but, you know, he hasn't really seen uh, projectable volume yet um, in the Stefanski era. Uh, And, you know, I don't, I don't know. I I don't see Jacoby Brissett as a quarterback that's going to get too far into his progressions um, typically. So, um, you know, David Bell, I think. Is a, a sneaky pick, you know, to to be, you know, top five in in rookie targets uh, this year, perhaps even top three. But, you know, because he got off to the slow start in camp, wasn't available for the first couple of weeks. You know, even though we loved him uh, from an analytics perspective at RotoViz, you know, he just has kind of lost some of the steam he had back in the spring from a dynasty perspective. And that makes him really sneaky here at the end of drafts.
1: Yep, for sure. So we are... In the other draft, Curtis, or are we almost up on one of these?
2: Um, we're, we're coming back up in the same, uh, in round 15 in the other draft. It's lagging a little bit. So this is the squad where we still need a tight end three. And this is going to be the round where we want to hit that. Um, I kind of like the idea of going Hayden Hurst here. Um, he's I think he's actually probably 2022 Dawson Knox. <laughs> You know, elite touch. You know, big guy, elite touchdown upside in in a really high powered offense. Not going to be huge from a target market share perspective, but Pat Fryermuth probably will be. You know, I think Fryermuth will have you know fifteen to eighteen percent target market share. Knox and and Hurst will get theirs done with high touchdown rates. So I kind of like the idea of of peppering him in here with the other two, and then uh, and then we're going to want to probably go back to uh, you know wide receiver and in, in, in running back for the uh, remainder of the draft. And, of course, Hayden Hurst goes two picks before us. So yes. do you want Evan Ingram or Austin Hooper here? Hooper is my 2022 Dalton Schultz, Evan Ingram. Yeah, you know, I, I'd Evan say Ingram.
1: Hooper, actually. Okay. And I actually, at one point, Hooper was my most rostered tight end. I had to scale it back. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of that was just because <laughs> he was going much, much later yeah. than he should have. I necessarily, yeah. I didn't necessarily love Hooper, but you know if I'm uh, there's a lot of guys um, in that range that I feel like they, you know there's a much better outlook for him. He should have to on some level be involved.
2: Okay, so for sixteen three on this squad, uh, we're still sitting with four running backs: Brees Hall, AJ Dylan, Brian Robinson, and Raheem Mostert. Um, you know if we we're going to go to the running back position, uh, you know here I wouldn't mind Daryl Williams. If we go with the wide receiver, I like both Paris Campbell and Zay Jones. So, any of those three stand out for you?
1: Had you said Williams,
2: Daryl Williams, Paris Campbell, yeah, Zay Dar- Jones, eight, Williams. eight seconds. Okay, that probably makes sense given the uh, given the makeup of this team. Let's flip back over to our other draft where we're in round seventeen now, and see. What's cooking over there? One, one pick away, leaving us plenty of time. Um, so we've got five, five uh, running backs with Saquon, CEH, Rashad White, Raheem Moster, and TDP. Six wide receivers with CD, Gabe Davis, Hollywood, Brandon IU, Julio Jones, David Bell. Uh, best available at running back, I would say. Uh, well, Trey Sermon just went and we are now on the clock. So we're talking about probably uh, Jarek McKinnon, um, but we already have CH on this team. Dearness Johnson, uh, also an interesting play. And then at at wide receiver, it's like Velas Jones.
1: I kind of think so this team take, could use another receiver. So I'd say Velas.
2: Okay. And we're going to double tap. So right now we're at 2573. We can go with the eighth wide receiver or the sixth running back. At running back, it's probably Dearness Johnson or Mark Ingram. And at wide receiver, Man, it's thinning out. It's really thinned yeah, it out. Oh Ty, like Ty
1: oh, Ty o- Montgomery. Oh, Yep. There you go. Ty Montgomery. There's Ty ah, Montgomery. Yes. Thank you. That's one of the. Uh, that's one of those guys I've <laughs> been grabbing late too. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Che- and the, and it's you know it's kind of cheating on uh, on underdog with the wide receiver yep. designation. So, um, like, okay, really like this squad. We will uh, criticize ourselves looking back at this fast draft draft board um, here in a moment, but we do have two picks left to make. And the other exercise, um, it's going to be fun to go back and see what we think when we're not up against the clock here and see how we did. Okay. Um, ooh, man, Paris Campbell really sliding in this other draft. He would be really fun to add. He's got to make, uh, he goes, of course, the second I mention him, hmm. I should have known. Okay, on this squad Dave we've uh, we've got half around until we're back up. We did just add Daryl Williams here as our RB5. Uh, so we've got two picks left at a two five six three build. You know i I think I could get on board with either two wide receivers or a one and one with running back and wide receiver. don't think we want to get into a seven running back build here. I don't think our receivers are quite elite enough uh, to do that. You know, had we steered away uh, from going Tom Brady, Dak Prescott back to back there in the middle, we might've been able to pull that off. Uh, But we went with two of the earlier quarterbacks in the window. And I think it prevents us from going that direction. So at wide receiver, we've got Curtis Samuel. We do have David Bell still available in this draft, which would give us uh, some overlap, additional overlap with the other team. But I kind of like. I'm assuming Ty Montgomery will also be available if we want to go that direction. And then at running back, if we did want to go there, Trey Sermon, we could play the other side of the San Francisco backfield, which I think would be pretty fun. Um, we do not have Ceh on this team, so we could also veer from our Ceh play on the other squad and go. well, oh, There goes Jared McKinnon. So that's no longer an option. Uh, Dearness Johnson will be the other name I'll throw in there. So I'll let you pick them, Dave. So I'm We've assuming- got. Curtis Samuel, David Bell, Ty Montgomery, Trey Sermon. Uh, I almost want to say Ty Montgomery uh,
1: again, but I'm going to switch things up here and say Curtis Samuel.
2: Okay, so we'll go Samuel. And then hopefully one of these picks will still be available uh, at 18-3 for us. We'll see how that goes.
1: I also wanted to ask you about Paris Campbell, but I don't know if we have time to talk about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, seems like he finally has his health. Uh, which is, you know, that's always been the question, you know, the athletic talent's been there and it seems like he gets buzzing the preseason every year. Uh, also, you know, potentially a bit of a quarterback upgrade, you know, they have had Phillip rivers and and Carson Wentz and in, uh, in the, in the past two seasons. And, you know, I think they were both improvements over Brissett in the year before, but Matt Ryan, I think has additional accuracy still at this phase of his career versus, you know, what, what Wentz brought to the table, um, or, or, you know, Phillip Rivers at the very end. So, you know, like, like the idea of him being able to to get the ball to that receiving core a little bit better than those last two guys. All right, Dave, we're at two five seven three. Ty Montgomery or Trey Sermon.
1: I think that I'd really like to get another wide receiver in on this team. Now Montgomery not necessarily going to be getting wide receiver like looks, but I think we will grab him in this league as well.
2: Okay. Well, there you go. A little bit of a hometown uh, hometown favorite there for Dave um, to go around 18. And, you know, that also covers our obligatory. Who are you targeting in the end of drafts question? We wanted to answer. So, all right, Dave, let me see if I can get to draft board view on these two squads and we'll run it down. See how we feel about it. Uh, Pomeranian three. I can just do this one team at a time now. My draft board view. Here we go. Okay. Awesome radio here while I'm thumbing, thumbing through all of this stuff. Okay. So, this first one this is the squad where we drafted from 112. And looking at this. Let's see if there's anything that we would have done differently. I mean, we're really up against it, obviously, from a timing perspective. Uh, we went C. D. Lamb at 112, followed by Saquon Barkley. You know, thinking critically, you know, the only other players we really were considering at 2 1 would have been Devontae Adams, who we took in the other draft. And then for for me, you know, I actually have Joe Mixon above Barkley. I did mention quickly when we were on the clock that, you know, Sean had mentioned, uh, Saquon is being one of those guys that that he thinks has the league winning upside. I actually think Mixon does too. Um, you know, he was already a top PPR running back despite kind of pedestrian receiving game usage last year. But the Bengals, if they improved one thing on their team this offseason, it was the offensive line, which is really exciting for Mixon. And we know they're going to be, you know, they're going to be you know, threatening to score on the majority of their drives uh, this season. So, So I do like Mixon, but I don't think I have any critical self-critical notes on CD or, or Saquon there. We followed it up with Gabe Davis, Marquise Brown, Trey Lance, Brandon Ayuk, CEH, and Tom Brady through kind of the, the value rounds round eight. Anything that you, you like particularly or hate about our approach in the first eight rounds uh, with our backs against the wall and the tight clock here?
1: No, there really isn't anything on this team that I, I really don't like through those first eight rounds. Um, and I think that for somebody that likes to not invest too heavily into running back, getting somebody like Saquon is the one running back in there or had it been Joe Mixon, I think I would have felt pretty good about that. So the way that things sh- you know shook out here, I think it gave us a lot of flexibility as we headed towards the back half of the draft.
2: Yeah, and we were able to sandwich in... Um- which I'm kind of proud of us for, you know, doing the simultaneous drafts here, we were still able to sandwich in a couple of stacks yep. uh, that are interesting in this draft, you know, so we did go, we actually went a little early uh, versus ADP on Trey Lance and Brandon, Iu to to get that stack there at the five, six turn. And that's okay. Um, you know, I think, especially in the tournaments, you know, if, if you're, if you're building around, you know, uh, stack or, you know, playoff theory, you know, you, you know, if, if you just, follow ADP, you know, you might as well be on auto draft, you know, the human element, you know, this is where we have a chance to make a difference. Um, And then we were also able to uh, double stack Tom Brady in this draft without hitting Chris Godwin or Mike Evans earlier on. And we take Brady in the quarterback window, which is a goal. We've said this multiple times uh, in this episode and on the live stream, you know, if you are going to just go with the two QB build, we really would like you to, to get that second QB by Kirk Cousins um, at the latest. Uh, so we go a little bit earlier there, but we get Tom Brady, Julio Jones, and Rashad White, um, you know, with White having a chance to, to maybe steal some of the passing game work over the course of the season by, you know, being efficient um, or, you know, Leonard Fournette uh, having some injury. And, you know, if, if that happens, Rashad White is not only just a, you know, a passing game play becomes a you know, potential, you know, Tony Pollard type, you know, league winner uh, with the guy in front of him going down. Uh, we did go with a three tight end build in this one, and I think Ertz, Fryermuth, and, and Everett uh, are, are all interesting there. Ertz and Everett both being plays on kind of elite offenses. Uh, they're going to score a lot of touchdowns. And then Fryermuth uh, being an earlier career guy who could take a step forward you know, he was a little overshadowed last year as a rookie because of how excellent Kyle Pitts was. But, you know, the Steelers are going to have improved quarterback play this year pretty much no matter what versus what Ben Roethlisberger brought to the table in 2021. And, you know, with with Chase Claypool, you know, now today being basically named the big slot in uh, 11 personnel, man, him and Frymouth are going to be really difficult uh, for opposing defenses to, to man up against uh, – on the seam. So I think Fryermuth could find himself getting some, you know, wide open stuff, uh, which will be pretty interesting looking later in this draft. You know, I think the only pick, I I feel like we panicked a little bit when we needed to take TDP. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but as I look later in the draft, there's not really another running back that went later that would have made a lot of sense for us. Um, You know, we could have, you know, potentially gone after, Jarek McKinnon, real late, but this is the squad where we had CEH. So that wasn't really in play for us. You know, Zamir White went off the board um, just before we made this selection. So the only backs going after our TDP pick are Eno Benjamin and JD McKissick within the next couple of rounds. Uh, Trey Sermon goes two rounds later. I might have preferred that uh, if I could have the pick back, but I just don't know who we would have subbed in there instead. So, you know, you just live with it. San Francisco seems to get a lot of guys, uh, you know, big carries in at least a couple games each year. And that's all we're really looking for from a back that we take in the 15th round. I really like, maybe my favorite thing that we did on this team is how we ended it with the three upside wide receivers. We have David Bell, Velas Jones, and Ty Montgomery. I think these are all guys that could post some big numbers uh, in a couple of games that will help us, um, You know, in the event that, you know, Gabe Davis is is a flop and doesn't break out or, you know, maybe Brandon Ayuk uh, only gives us a couple of games like in Tyler Lockett fashion just because of all the competition for targets in San Francisco. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy with this one, Dave. Uh, Anything you want to add on the breakdown for the 112?
1: I like this team. Actually, I I like the way that this flowed uh, pretty well. I think that within the confines of the roster construction considerations that we would have, this team ended up working out pretty well. So, you know, all things considered that we were drafting two teams at the same time. I like that one.
2: All right, let's go find our one ten, and I'm gonna have you take the driver. I'm going to post it on the screen here. As long as you can see it. Okay. Um, I'm going to have you take the driver's seat to, uh, to break it down. Actually, I'm not seeing it in my completed drafts yet. That's interesting. All right, well... <laughs> okay, I'm going to keep thumbing through here. Uh, you might need to kill a, a couple seconds here. I wonder if maybe the last team didn't make its pick yet.
1: Uh, I think that it would seems have... Like given would time have, constraints, I feel like that probably would have had to have happened. But while Curtis looks for that, I think yeah. the one thing we can talk about a little bit would have been, I think that had we... Of the players that were at their running back position after we made that TD uh, TPD pick... I did that right. Yep, Tyrion Price Davis, um, J.D. McKissick. You you maybe could have made some type of a case for as a player that should probably be involved, uh, in, in my opinion. However, though he might lack that type of upside that you're getting with the pick in the rookie, uh, so that might have been another spot that I would have looked. Now, for a real late round player, I have been getting some exposure to Hassan Haskins, the big bodied rookie out of Michigan that looks like he'd be able to do some similar things to what uh, Derrick Henry could do in Tennessee. Now, one of the questions would be, will they use Haskins at all if Hunter or excuse me, if Derrick Henry uh, is, is unavailable and that remains to be seen. But so he's one of those names that I am targeting uh, later on in drafts. Curtis, have you been able to find this draft yet?
2: I'm looking on my phone instead. Uh, I think I found it on my phone. It's just weird that it doesn't show up on, on the Mac. Yep, I did find it here, uh, but I'm not going to be able to share it on the screen, That's unfortunately. Fine. Take so I'll, I'll, I'll run it down, and then you can um, uh, add any commentary uh, that, that you would like to add. So we were drafting from the 110. Uh, we, we went a different direction here uh, despite having uh, some options that we like available to us in the second round. With the fourth pick, we actually, or with the third pick, we stay at the wide receiver position. So we start Devontae Adams and Debo Samuel. And then rounding out the first five rounds, Dave, we go Brees Hall in the third, Gabe Davis in the fourth, and A.J. Dillon in the fifth. So a a two running back, three wide receiver start.
1: Yeah. And and I think we still ended up with a pretty nice group of wide receivers right there. I normally don't address the uh, running back. Spots on my team quite as early, but I do like, uh, you know what we could get from those backs there, not being able to see the board. It's hard for me to know if there were any potential missteps that we may have made. Do you have any thoughts on that?
2: Um, you know, if we look at round four, you know, taking Gabe, uh, Gabe Davis, um, I think that swing made sense for us at the position because we had the safety up front of Devonte Adams and, and Debo Samuel. Um, so, you know, we felt very empowered to take that swing um, drafting Brees Hall in the third, you know, pretty far in front of his ADP over options like uh, Jalen Waddle and Marquise Brown. Uh, and then against other running backs like Travis Etienne, James Conner, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I just think it's the right type of play. You know, we we went double elite wide receiver early. You know, we're really looking to have a team that just runs away with it. We want, you know, this is like drafting Jonathan Taylor, um, you know, drafting Jonathan Taylor, you know, in the, in these rounds, the second round, his rookie season. Um, you're just trying to find that player that, that is undervalued because of the lack of certainty. And, you know, Brees Hall, you know, he's been ripping some big runs in practice, but you know, if he was as good as, if he really is as good as he looked in college and brings that to the next level, it doesn't matter that the Jets offense hasn't gotten there yet. Like Brees would actually be big uh, you know, good enough to help per- be one of the reasons that they would take the step forward. And if you think about, you know, this team taking a step forward, you know, who a couple years ago would have thought that the Bengals were ready to do it, you know, but they, they invest the early draft capital in Joe Burrow, you know, they add T Higgins and Jamar Chase in subsequent years. And then all of a sudden we see Joe Mixon throwing up career seasons. Now it's a little bit different with the, with the, you know, years in the NFL arc with a player like Brees Hall, but the, the principle holds, I mean, the Jets have Uh, invested elite draft capital at the wide receiver position to become a more explosive team. And, you know, that will lead to, you know, secondaries paying more attention to these guys, check down opportunities uh, to the running back. And then, you know, presumably more scoring chances, which is of course is, you know, especially in a half PPR setup what we're really looking for. So, you know, double digit touchdowns for Brees Hall and the New York jets offense. I don't think, you know, we should be shocked if that happens, even though you wouldn't have thought of any of the running backs having that ability uh, in the past, AJ Dillon, you know, I've been on him and then off him and then back on him again over the course of the season. I think where I'm settling, Dave, um, you know, a couple of years ago, one of my biggest exposures was, was Kareem hunt when he was going in the sixth, seventh round of drafts. Um, despite having similar usage and projection to Nick Chubb. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen in green Bay this year. You know, They are giving us so much signal that this is going to be a truly split backfield and you get a three round discount, almost four round discount on AJ Dillon versus Aaron Jones. You know, when you play AJ Dillon, you get a piece of that Packers backfield, which is attractive, but then you also get that absolute home run play if Jones misses time. Um, So I think he's an awesome pick uh, given the way we started with wide receiver. And you know, the more I'm looking at this squad um, the fact that we followed up the sixth round with Chris Godwin, who has kind of that lingering injury discount, man, I'm excited about the upside of this squad because we followed with Tom Brady and Dak Prescott both in the window. So stacking Brady with Godwin differently than how we played with the, the Buccaneers offense in the, in the prior draft. And I, I mean, I really, you know, other than missing on elite tight end, which you know I typically like to do and we didn't do in either of these drafts. so It's a little feels weird for me. Uh, these teams will stand out in my portfolio uh, as as being a little different than what I typically build uh, because of the, you know, the on-clock pressure that we were facing and and also trying to agree on picks with only a 30-second timer. But I mean, I'm giving, I'm giving us an A-plus through eight rounds on this one, Dave.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, that's a a good start through eight rounds. Um, Just to call back a little bit to the talk about A.J. Dillon. I think one of the other things that we could see this year is A.J. Dillon getting somewhat involved in the passing game as a receiver out of the backfield. You know, maybe we see Aaron Jones catching some more passes too, but I think that we might see Dillon catching more Mm -hmm. than we're accustomed to or people might think. So just another way that he could kind of boost his value um, as, you know, one of our earlier running backs on this squad. So break down how we close things out.
2: Okay. Yeah. So getting into those, uh, you know, league winning rounds, trying to find some, some players to, you know, potentially, you know, give us multiple weeks in the flex or, you know, just truly break out. Uh, you know, we went death by a thousand paper cuts at the tight end position with Dawson, Dawson Knox in round nine, Pat fryer in round 11 and Austin Hooper in round 15. I did give you the sound bite of Austin Hooper being 2022 uh, Dalton Schultz. So we'll have to see if that comes true. And, and Dave told us that he was very into, Hooper. So if you're going to make a three tight end build uh, in any format, you know, he should be on your radar Uh, at the wide receiver position over the back half of the draft. We do get uh, George Pickens, you know, who's riding that rocket ship uh, up the draft boards um, a couple rounds further than the last time we checked in on him. Nico Collins in round 13, I think is exactly a, a perfect fit for this squad as well. And kind of a different way to play, you know, the young wide receiver breakout than Pickens, but Um, you know, at at a three round discount. And then we finish up that position with Curtis Samuel, uh, you know, who uh, actually did post a couple of catches in the preseason game uh, the other night and uh, looks to be healthy. You know, I think with, with Samuel, you're just looking for those big plays that he he would break. I don't think that he will uh, probably out target uh, Jahan Dotson in that offense. Um, But, you know, if the team's transitioning towards Brian Robinson and away from Antonio Gibson, and maybe even away as a result from J.D. McKissick, it is possible that Samuel could figure in as then maybe number three target getter on the team, although I'd expect that number to be low uh, with a sub-15% target market share, probably. But, you know, when you can take it to the house, that's all you're looking for in round 17. And then our cheat code in both of these drafts, again, ends up being Ty Montgomery with the wide receiver eligibility. Uh, the only other position left to review there, Dave, then, is the running backs. And we started with Brees Hall and A.J. Dillon uh, very early in the draft, waiting all the way until round 12 to address the position again. We do go with the aforementioned Brian Robinson there, um, rookie who seems to really have gained a lot of favor. Uh, and if nothing else, he's going to be, the I think, the early down uh, and short yardage back uh, for Washington. They should be an improved offense with Carson Wentz, with Dotson, uh, joining the squad and, and retaining McKissick. So, you know, perhaps we can get a couple of multiple touchdown games from Robinson, even though uh, he might not be involved in the passing game. Raheem Mostert's probably the key to this squad really breaking out at this position. You know, with Brees Hall and uh, AJ Dillon uh, being exciting at the top, we are going to kind of look for that third guy to give us another score that can alternate in, uh, also to cover up the buys and figure into the flex. And you know, Mostert. You know, he's just that big play waiting to happen in Miami. The familiarity with Mike McDaniel and that offense—I think we've talked about it multiple times on pods recently—just doesn't make sense how he's so cheap. You know, to me, he should be going above guys like Alexander Madison, uh, but you find him—you know—multiple rounds cheaper. And then Darrell Williams in round 16. We don't know really who the what uh, the running back to in Arizona will be, but we do know that that uh, position uh, is uh, that position is one that we want exposure to based off of James Conner's injury uh, history and the fact that multiple different big backs have had double-digit touchdowns in this offense over the past couple of years. Conner last year, Kenyon Drake the year before. Why not Durrell Williams in 2022? Uh, so, yeah, Dave, I like both of these squads. We're going to have to fast-draft some more Pomeranians before this thing fills up. I doubt it will even take 24 hours. But if you don't want to play the Pomeranian, you want to go after bigger fish, uh, underdog has opened up some other really exciting contests. I, uh, uh, dipped my toes into the Mastiff waters earlier today. <laughs> so we'll have to check in on that draft 72 entries, 2,500, a pop, uh, with a $35,000 grand prize and the top 24, all paying out 4,500 or, or more. Uh, that of course is a slow draft. Not going to put myself under live draft pressure, uh, <laughs> with that one. Uh, and then Dave also just trying to fill up that best ball mania three. I know we're both hammering that our whole team here at Rotoviz is plenty of great content. Uh, really want to give a big shout out, not only to Sean, uh, who has been an absolute force with best ball, uh, content, um, this off season, but you know, so much other great work being done, you know, uh, Michael Dubner, um, coming out with the best ball Bible, calm and Zach, everything they're doing with their best ball show each week, you know, just tons of work that we would want to shine a light on. So make sure you go to rotoviz.com, uh, check out all of the, the rankings. I just updated my 2022 redraft rankings, best ball rankings on there. Uh, you know, it's the best value in the game and you know, you can get a discount with uh, promo code RV radio, 2022 anytime you want.